0: Uh, I believe that uh, Alan from up in yes. northern Maine wanted to join us. Hi, Alan.
1: Hi. Yes, I'm in eastern Maine, actually. Eastern. Um, Richard, thank you so much for your talk. I, <clears throat> I, I've i listened to you for some years on uh, a radio station up here, WERU-FM, in your Economic Literacy 101 program. Oh. And and you just gave your website, but I before you sign off, uh, please – you know people can grab a pen or pencil and whatever and um don't be afraid to uh tell everyone how they can be in touch with all your work and and so on um but anyway i have a I have a couple comments a comment and a question and uh, I don't want to take away anything from your emphasis on collective workplaces and and changes in that and cooperation and things like that um but you you had touched on the the corporate uh uh taxes corporate revenue to the federal government and um i mean it's interesting that uh i know that for the last um recently it's it's in the 200 billions per year and we 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 talk about the tax rate frequently but i think most americans are, are just amazingly unaware how low the actual number of corporate revenue is and it's it uh, it was you know in the upper two hundred billions, and now after Trump's tax cuts, I think it's in the lower two hundred billions. Which coincidentally is is what Jeff Bezos' net worth is. So uh, who doesn't pay taxes, by the way? I, this is my understanding, but um, but the fact that this one man's wealth is like equal to or greater than what all corporate U.S. corporations pay annually into the federal treasury is just mind boggling and um so in in addition, we talk about some of the advantages of in china <clears throat> it's a, you know stereotypical advantages of lax environmental rules like in flor- like they have in florida and um uh low wage workers well their their tax policy is actually quite progressive and the i don't know what the exact numbers are, but it's my understanding that the what the what the equivalent would be to our personal exemption is, is roughly double what it is in the United States and their corporations pay a lot of taxes and they, they pay more taxes than than the, the people do. It's my understanding. I, I'm not sure if it's exactly accurate, but it's, it's close. Um, uh, but I, I did want to uh, ask a, a question <clears throat> about the, the massive deficits that are being expanded and you know, I, it, it strikes me that it's probably a a form of servitude, sort of, to to the population, and an addiction is sort of like, oh, we can't do anything, we can't make any changes because going forward we're going to have to be servicing this debt. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about about what your thoughts are on on this expansion of national debt. And and again, I don't want to take away anything from your emphasis on on cooperation and our path forward. So thank you.
0: Thank you for your question. Let me, let me do what you proposed at the beginning so I don't forget. Uh, I do a weekly radio and television program. It's called Economic Update. Uh, it's broadcast on about a hundred radio stations across the United States, and it goes out via several networks to about 55 million American television sets every week for a half hour where I do more or less what I'm doing with you now, although I often have, uh, guests of my own that I interview. You can find it either on radio or if, if television, the free speech TV network carries it, uh, other networks, some other networks do. Um, it's also posted on YouTube. So it's easily available to you. Just go to YouTube, uh, slash economic update, or YouTube 2 slash democracy at work. The, those are the two phrases we basically use. And then you can engage this material. We have a very active Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram operation. Many tweets that I do every day uh, on all the things that are happening in an ongoing way. Uh, and again, you can find those at democracy at work or under my Name RD Wolf with two F's. Uh, And you're of course welcome to all of that. Uh, I would welcome your interest and your signing up for any of those things. Okay. Let me go then to the big question at the end that you asked, the one about deficits. It's very important to understand the basic economics of deficits. When the government undertakes big spending, whether it's for a war, like in World War II, or whether it's for an an urgent social program at home, such as combating COVID and or doing something about our aging infrastructure, there is immediately a question. How is the government going to pay for it under our existing system? There are really only two ways under our system. You could change it. There's a movement called modern monetary theory, which has another way. But I'm not going to deal with that now. The two traditional ways, which are still the two ways our government uses, are either by taxing to raise the money to pay for it that way or by borrowing. Okay, you cannot raise these massive amounts of money by taxing the average taxpayer. And the only reason that's true is that the average taxpayer in this country is already tapped out. And they are politically unwilling and bitter about their being tapped out, about the taxes they pay, and they are unwilling to pay much more. But that's okay, because one of the reasons they're tapped out is because you have redistributed so much wealth over the last 40 years— from the poor and the middle to those at the top. The inequality we have now is the product of that redistribution. So the government could go to corporations and the rich and tax them. Just to give you an example, after World War II, in the 50s and 60s, the top rate, income tax rate for the richest Americans, was between 70 and 90%. The top rate now is 37%. It was dropped over the last 40 years for those at the top, not for the rest of us. So they have an enormous wealth as we know. So the government could pay for the COVID program and the infrastructure easily by taxing the rich. And they wouldn't even have to go to the levels we once had to do so. But those people know that. And they have taken the steps necessary to buy the political system. There's no nice way of saying this. So it is not going to happen. So the politicians don't dare tax the rich who donate the money that makes those politicians have a career who donate the money to keep those political parties from falling apart. So what then does the government do? And if you understand this, you will understand public finance all you need for the rest of your life. The politicians decide not to tax corporations and not to tax the rich. Okay, if you're going to spend a lot of money on COVID or on infrastructure, and you're not going to tax corporations and the rich, and you can't tax the mass of of people, all that's left is for the government to borrow the money. And that when it does that, it runs a deficit. That is, it's spending more than it takes in in taxes, and it has to borrow the difference. But here comes the, the nugget for you to remember. Who does the government borrow from? Well, the answer is it can't borrow from the mass of people. They never lend to the government. They don't have enough money to do it. The only people domestically who can lend to the U.S. government are corporations and the rich. And you know what they lend to the government? They lend the money that they didn't have to pay in taxes. That's the money they have available. They saved on taxes because the government didn't tax them. So in effect, a deficit means the government has chosen, the politicians have chosen, not to tax corporations and the rich, but instead to borrow the money from them, which means they will have to pay them back five, 10, 20 years from now, and they have to pay interest every year for that loan. The deficit finance in this country is the biggest single gift of the government to corporations and the rich. And you are absolutely right to be outraged at this behavior and to worry that you, me, our children will be having to pay all that back forever as it accumulates. And it is now accumulating at a much more rapid rate than ever before in peacetime, which is another sign of a declining empire. for one more question, if there's one more person...